continuing from our previous conversation on a previous episode communalism in india was rising but there came a point where things seemed like they were going back to normal or maybe a peace that might be achieved for eternity let's take a look at the story of how the positive elements in congress and within the muslim league allowed for a sense of reconciliation between the two major parties an important part and parcel of of bringing about this political unity between the congress and the league was uh, in the hands of lok manya tilak and mohammad ali jinnah the two organization under these leadership uh, organized a joint session at lucknow at the end of 1916 where they signed a pact that came to be known as the lucknow pact um so this pact was aimed at establishing and putting forward a common political demand in front of the british government one of the major demands included the fact that uh, both these parties had now reached a space where they wanted uh, self government for india and congress had also accepted muslim league's assertion for a separate electorate and a system of weightage and reservation in the seats in the legislature for the minorities yes i mean while this pact might look like a step forward at its face value it was also a step back if we look at its roots you see by agreeing to the pact the congress had now officially recognized the communal politics and apart from all of this in the similar years after world war 1 hindu muslim unity and the nationalist movement took very greater leaps forward the united agitation against rolled act if we say or the khilafat movement or the non cooperation movement all of them had now led to the political unity between hindus and muslims and this was something which was never seen before for example people like swami shaddanand a staunch arya samajist was asked by the muslims to preach from the pulpit of the jama masjid at delhi and uh, people like dr saifuddin kichlu a muslim was given the keys to the golden temple the six shrine at amritsar the entire country as we say for a fact this sounded to the cry of hindu muslim hijay yeah this um, obviously displays a kind of metamorphosis that was happening which which was a major metamorphosis that was happening in the political scenario of india um the communal leaders of the muslim league began to disassociate themselves uh, from the league so the league was now overshadowed by the khilafat committee um so something about the khilafat committee khilafat committee was intensely anti imperialist and they were now trying you know pulling the muslims into the active conscious political arena uh, political arena in india although khilafat was a religious issue affecting the muslims only the national movement or the nationalist leaders also took up this cause uh, of of the khilafat just as they had taken the issue of the akali movement for which affected only the six or the anti untouchability movement which only affected the hindus so 
it it was the idea that if we if they were to get the uh, the members of this uh, minority community or minority uh, minorities to actively participate in the political arena then they might be able to instill make use of this anti imperialist attitude and turn it towards a nationalist attitude a major drawback however was that uh, the nationalist leaders failed to raise a political consciousness among the muslims and they were able, unable to bring them to a secular understanding of politics as as we mentioned in the previous episode because of the intense communalization and the uh, you know and the awarding of uh, communal communally based separate electorates um the the muslim consciousness now began to see every political question through a religious uh, a religious lens um you you can head out to our previous episode uh, episode uh, 18 the khilafat movement to know more about how the khilafat movement spanned out and how it led to extensive and gradual rise of muslim nationalism in india and how all of it kind of culminated in the creation of uh, the a separate muslim state the state of pakistan um right as you spoke of the rise of muslim nationalism in the country and this rise could be seen when the non cooperation movement withdrew in the february of 1922 the post 1922 years witnessed a horrifying rise of communalism again with the nation you know plunging into riots repeatedly the upper class became open with their communalism and the old organizations revived with new ones popping out the muslim league was active once again and the nationalist elements were being washed away by them the hindu mahasabha was revived in 1923 and they openly began to cater to their anti muslim sentiments its proclaimed objective became the maintenance protection and promotion of the hindu race hindu culture hindu civilization for the advancement of the hindu rashtra right and all of this um worked or all of this was based on the psychology of fear the league the mahasabha and the parties uh, with similar ideologies instilled among its followers a fear of suppression a fear of domination by the other quote unquote the other right so in the years that followed hindu started the movement of uh, sangathan and shuddhi whereas the muslim started uh, the ideas of tablig and tanzim between them and Uh, these organizations or or the communal uh, uh, communal facets of of these uh, communities were beginning to consolidate or consolidate their communal ideologies among people so consolidate their own communities uh, most of them even trying to convert uh, people of in, into different religion um a large number of nationalists however they were not able to withstand withstand the communal pressure and uh, most of them also uh, gradually began adopting a communal or a semi communal position right and even this nationalist leadership made very strong efforts to oppose the communal political forces but it was unable to do so it was unable to evolve an effective line of action out of it and the strategy with these leaders were adopting was to basically strike unity between the top brass of these communal groups through negotiations so they could arrive at a political compromise 
Right. And uh, one of these most well-known efforts that were made was in 1928, right, when as an answer to the Simon Commission, uh, the nationalist leaders organized several All India conferences throughout the country to settle the communal question, uh, to settle the communal disputes and draw up, in a sense, uh, you could say, a constitution for what would become India, a constitution for India. Uh, I mean, not necessarily an independent India dominion, maybe, but that's a different question. So, a large number of Muslim communal leaders met at Delhi. Uh, in the December of 1927, and they brought out four demands. Now, these four demands were put in what uh, what came to be known as Delhi Proposal. So the four demands are as follows. The first was that Sindh should be made a separate province. And the second was that the Northwest Frontier Province should be treated constitutionally on the same footing as how other provinces are treated. The third was that Muslims should have 33%, that is one-third of the representation in the central legislature of the country. The fourth was that in Punjab and in Bengal, the proportion of the representation or, or the proportional representation should be based on population. Thus, it guaranteed Muslims a majority. But in other provinces where Muslims were a minority, the existing reservation of seats uh, for Muslims should continue. So they wanted uh, proportional representation in regions where Muslims were majority, but they wanted reservations in regions where Muslims were not a majority or where they were a minority. So these were, you know, briefly the four demands that were laid or the four proposals that were laid, uh, which came to be known as the Delhi proposals. And also, accordingly, Congress proposed what was later known as the Nehru Report. And this report initially recommended that India should be a federation of states drawn on linguistic divisions with provincial autonomy. It also mentioned for a fact that seats would be reserved for religious minorities in proportion to their population in those areas. Now, this report was put up in a joint all-party conference at Calcutta in uh, December of 1928. The report was not unanimously accepted by all the parties. Jinnah moved three amendments, all of which were accepted. Eventually, it all failed as Jinnah, along with other Muslims, Hindus and Sikh communalists, decided to produce counter demands in a document which went on to be known as Jinnah's 14 points. We could say that eventually all the efforts that we made in order to bring any sense of reconciliation between the communalists and the nationalists to bring about a sense of unified agitation against the British failed. So to try and understand why these efforts by Congress failed was that any negotiation that the Congress held with the communalists uh, meant that the Congress was recognizing that particular party, like Muslim League of the Muslims or Hindu Mahasabha for the Hindus, as representatives of the interests of that community, which did not necessarily be the case because there were a lot of uh, a lot of differences within these communities, and they were definitely not unanimously representing the interests of of the community so when congress began to negotiate with the uh, with the communalist party it was recognizing that that particular party was the representative of the interests of the entire community which as i said is not the case the second issue was that uh, 
with uh, not only recognizing them with with these uh, you know negotiation it was also legitimizing the politics of communalism uh it it was legitimizing the politics that these communalist communalist parties were carrying on carrying on and uh, this in a sense made the communalist parties respectable because now they were uh, being held at an all india uh, you know uh, they were being held in reverence at at a level uh, at, at a level where the indian national congress was um the politics of congress now began to take shape in and around trying to give concessions to these communalist parties or trying to bend down to the demands of these parties um see uh, or or the third issue which was there or the third element that uh, might have uh, led to the failure of of this effort was that it weakened the congress's ability its will to carry on a hard political uh and an ideological campaign against the complete idea of communalism Com- uh, congress was opposed to uh you know it it was adamantly opposed to the idea of bringing communalism into par- uh, in, into politics it wanted to remain secular throughout but by legitimizing them recognizing them having negotiations with them it the even the abilities of congress to have a strong political ideological campaign against communal parties was beginning to fail but here is what the historian bipin chandra uh, you know notes in his uh, in his works he says that some of the answers to to this intense question of communalism could have been that congress should have opposed communalism on all levels on all sectors ideological cultural social political and trying to find figure out ways and reasons uh, that might have brutally cut down the growth of communalism in india um, he he says that the ideological understanding was necessary uh, ideological understanding of the communalism or the cause should have been initiated by looking at the cause of the peasant class not not it it's work should have been concentrated to towards the peasants and the struggle of of the uh, struggling class rather than uh the struggle which later on took a communal angle right um another one of the uh, another one of the highlights that he has uh that he that he mentioned as in his work is that uh, leaders like gandhi nehru and nauroji who initially emphasized on the idea of secularism uh did not really work their way through remaining secular in their political uh careers they were not concentrating on the idea or the issues of the peasants or of the suppressed class but now everything as as when it started with the rise of communalism in india everything now was being seen through the sense of uh, seeing through the lens of religion um another uh, like the the measure that uh, one can uh, assume should should have or might have taken a better turn uh, for this communal uh, for the question of communalism could have been by taking a rational and an analytical outlook uh, as opposed to communalist outlooks based on emotions and biases of the people so ra- having a secular 
you know rational nationalist approach and addressing the problems of the struggling class rather than paying attention to the communalist elements of the society and to acknowledge them and to have legitimized them by engaging in conversations and negotiations as what has fired back on the very notion of struggle against uh, communalism and and i think to some extent it does does perpetrate in the society as we live today see if we look upon this entire idea clearly there are various weaknesses one can see in this entire notion of communalism as it was rising for example while communalist parties seemed very active in their roles during the 1920s communalism was still not a very widely spread in phenomena and communal rights were very much limited to the specific city and if we compare this to the entire size of the country hindu communalism had a very little support amongst the general masses and if we compare this to the muslim communalism it also had a very narrow social base now that nationalist muslims who were a part of the congress represented a very larger political force if we compare this to the communal forces that were there even the youth movements which were rising they were largely secular and taking this ahead the simon commission which was presented at that time saw a very major divide within these communal parties where some supported it while some others stood against it i agree even the anti simon commission and the second civil disobedience movements they saw huge support from the entire country from regions which rarely had previously ever participated for the first time um, the national movements saw massive support from people of the northwestern frontier province and the people of kashmir the areas of muslim uh, majority and uh, these people uh, n- not just these but uh, people across the country muslims across the country led by organizations such as the congress jamaat e ulama e hind khudai khidmat gaz and other organizations a lot of muslims in thousands went uh, to jail uh, during the national movement and although the communal parties tried hard during the round table conferences in 1930s to defend their communal interest by joining hands with the british ruling class their base stayed relatively weak uh, in the face of the national struggle until 1937 um but their collapsing position saw a new situation when the british government announced that communal award uh, of separate electorates was going to be accepted uh, and communal demands made by the muslims were also going to be accepted this uh, uh, this this award the communal award which came to be known as a communal award included the demands made at uh, the delhi proposal of 19 uh, uh, 1927 and uh, the jinnah's 14 points that came after the calcutta conference and quite frankly all of this was done with the colonial uh, with by the colonizers with the motive of reviving uh, a sense of declining muslim communalism in the country but it was in 1932 that uh, the british government in an effort to bolster the sagging muslim communalism in india announced the uh, communal award 
so the communal award was to accept virtually all communal demands made by the muslims uh, which came in the form of the delhi proposal of 1927 and jinnah's 14 points of 1929 and the communal forces now that their demands had been accepted faced an entirely new situation they they could not carry on as they did before because the demands of the communalist parties was accepted by the british government uh, the communalist parties now did not know uh, where to go they were faced with a new question what was going to be their way from here so that brings us to the end of our today's podcast thank you everyone for tuning in and we hope you really liked it and if you did please consider subscribing and listening to our other episodes they cover a wide range of subjects on india's colonial past uh, our previous episode on khilafat movement talks about the rise of muslim communalism in india uh, in the wake of the khilafat movement our previous episode episode 20 also t- talks about the rise of uh, communalism both hindu and muslim and we have continued a conversation from our 20th episode into our current episode so please don't forget to listen to our previous episode um consider subscribing to our podcast and sharing it with your family and friends we are available on all podcast listening platforms and social media sites uh your support really helps us create more amazing content for you so don't forget to visit our website and check out more of our work the link is in the description below uh www.indiacolonized.com colonized with an s we have compiled a small list of books and sources that might intrigue you to explore more on india's modern history so don't forget to check it out and until next time stay safe stay curious